Soundbites is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing on the show is advice. No financial, tax, legal, or any other kind of advice. Nothing we say is an inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy. Anything you invest in is at your own risk. Do your own research and consult with professionals. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Terabytes. I'm here. Well, this is actually not even a Terabytes episode. This is like a Terabytes Terra Crumbs crossover <laughs> episode because I'm here with Eli uh, in studio here, and we wanted to get this young man some experience with the uh, the big leaguers over here. So uh, appreciate you joining me, Eli. But we also have some guests on. We've got uh, one fourth of the founding team of Atlo, um, and it's not Alto. It's Atlo. So make sure you get that right. I'm here with uh, Dozen and Bart. Gentlemen, how are you? Very yeah, good. Very good. Excellent, excellent. So first and foremost, ATLO, it's a, it's an acronym, right? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So tell yeah, me, what, so, what is the what does ATLO stand for? So it's actually a NASA term uh, for assembly, test, and launch operations. It's it's part of the building process before you know sending rockets into space. So we felt like as a launch pad, uh, it was very apt, <laughs> and it was something that you know we were digging through. The NASA documents to try and find something that was relevant, uh, and that seems to stick. Awesome. Do you guys? So you want to tell us a little bit of what Atlo does? Uh, what is a decentralized launchpad? Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, so yeah, we've been. Take it uh, easy. You don't have to be so nervous. <laughs> 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 yeah, super, so, super enthusiastic. So, yeah, um, a decentralized launchpad is essentially trying to take control out of uh, the team and putting it into the community. I think in Terra in particular, you know, there's a lot of drive um, to get governance and community involved in protocols more than I think on any other blockchain. And, and we just felt like there was a real gap in the market or in Terra uh, in particular for us to create a launch pad that really played on the strengths of Terra um, and simplified things down to like the core components of what Terra and the blockchain is all about. Um, and so what we are doing with Atlo is, you know, putting the community front and center along with governance, where the community gets to decide on what gets launched into the Terra ecosystem. You know, it's not it's not for the hands or the, or the minds of a few to decide who that should be. We think it should be in the community's hands to make those decisions. Um, so that's really the ethos around why we built it and why we're launching it. And there's a couple... Uh launch pads out now uh, in Terra, you could say we've we've got Star Terra, we've got Pylon, each of them have their own approach uh, for how projects can launch and sort of garner attention, garner users and create, um, you know, a token holder base, if you want to say. Uh, so, so what separates Atlo from from those two models that are already out there? Well, I think um, there's there's two things that I think like if we were to compare ourselves to say Starterra, for example, um, or like just to start with, like they've got their whole structure in place, right? They, it's there's gamification, they've got the factions, they've, they've got a whole thing that that kind of is built around that vibe. And, um, and people, people who like using Starterra like that kind of thing. Um, same thing with Pylon, they've got a, a narrative, and they've got a story, and they've got like a structure that goes with that what we're trying to do is is through um the atlo rating and through a couple of other things that build that create a, a different kind of investment uh, narrative i guess where it's not about gamification it's it's more about participation and we're trying to build a, a system where you you're you're you benefit from your your constructive contribution to the ecosystem right 
Um, we want to kind of put people in in control. We want to make them responsible and accountable for 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 their investments and their choices, and then reward them for good ones. Yeah, and I think the other thing maybe to differentiate ourselves was. Um, uh, if you look at the white paper in particular, we're really trying to play to the core strengths of the Cosmos uh, kind of blockchain. So, you know, we use a lot of the concepts of, of really fundamental blockchain processes to run the launch pad, which I think is just a different angle to what you see on the other options that are available in Terra. Mm -hmm. And I saw that you guys have uh, a couple of different ways listed there. I mean, you have like NFT auctions, you have uh, liquidity bootstrapping um or liquidity pool bootstrap or what is it liquidity yep. bootstrapping pool or liquidity pool bootstrapping one of the yeah. Oh, yeah yeah you yeah. got that yeah yeah um <laughs> so so is it then up to like the project whenever they decide to use atlo sort yeah. of which of those models they're going to use to launch then yeah exactly um <clears throat> what we didn't want to do is tie ourselves down to one process i think launching in particular is going through quite a an evolution at the moment um and i think i think projects have different um ambitions and goals out of what they want to do with their launches you know um i think i think the big driver around launches is kyc um there are benefits for doing kyc if you want to launch a token that could play out uh, further down the road um that some projects may want to to implement but we also wanted to make sure that projects that want to use the other mechanisms that we're seeing out there um available for us to to provide to them so um, so one of our investors called us like a concierge of launching. I, I don't know if we're quite there yet, but we really want to just provide services that allows projects to launch in the way they want to launch. I think, um, you know, the, this whole discussion around what's fair and, and, and how that goes about has so many different angles to it. And Terra in particular, we've seen that, right? We saw the LBP with White Whale. We've just seen Forge with Prism. Um, and then you'll probably see something very, uh, much more like you used to with our launch coming up on Saturday. And I think they all have their pros and cons, um, but we also wanted to make sure that we could uh, facilitate those different options if possible. But we also wanted to make sure that participation didn't mean that you had to always KYC to be involved. So so that's where we're going. Um, I do think, you know, what was, what was great out of what we saw with our sale was um, the word fair was used a number of times, which was like internally for me a really nice thing to see because um, it's just a, it's a good kind of uh, leveler when you think about all the options out there and what's being discussed. And, and I think even if, you know, the first few launches that we do will use our Aklo swap method, um, that there's still people consider it to be fair, which is great. So from what I understand, you guys are launching an Atlo token. Yep. Mm yep. -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh yeah, go ahead. No, keep going. You're good. <laughs> So yeah, the, the Aplo token launches on uh, on Saturday. Um, it's kind of the the centerpiece of everything because the, the whole idea of being governance, you kind of have to hold Aplo in order to be involved, right? So uh, everything that we do is going to be built around that token, whether it's staking it, voting with it. Um, it all kind of comes into play through through the token itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and you, sorry, can you say when you, when that token is launching? It's launching on Saturday, on Saturday. the 12th of okay. February. Sorry, that's what I said. So, um, what would stop me from buying a bunch of Atlo tokens and then kind of controlling Atlo? Oh, government <laughs> attack. Oh, so, um, 
you, you could, in theory, I guess, buy up a massive supply of it and, and have a, a huge control over it. But I think the idea is that uh, if we have a wide enough spread of, uh, of a community and um, the, the control isn't down to just how much you're holding, it's, uh, it's all kind of managed through the Apple rating, which takes into account a, a couple of other factors as well. Um, you could probably, I guess, you know, 51% attack it, but uh, hopefully that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Well, to well, to just expand, a... yeah. sorry, go for it. Now you guys have a solid lead on, you know, if you do get 51% attacked, who's the culprit? <laughs> It'll be yeah, me. yeah. Prime, uh, you, said, prime you, a, you said you have an at low rating. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. Kind of what what factors yeah. go into that? Yeah, so I just want to finish off on on the last question also in terms of how our tokenomics worked was that, um, you know, 60% of our tokens have gone for sale and the idea there, and that's ambitious, right, compared to what you see from other um, launches. Uh, and the reason for that was actually to give the opportunity for the token to be in as many hands as possible. Um, so that was kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to do that was to avoid the whale process. The other thing um, that now leads into anti-whale measures is also the ATLO rating. So we wanted to get five metrics basically to make your ATLO rating. The first one is the staking. The second one is the vote. So actually you get um, a score for participating in our proposals and our governance. Um, but we also wanted to take that a step further and say, like, don't just turn up and vote yes to everything. <laughs> Actually think about it, right? So so there's another metric called vote quality. And what we do post the launch is we do a, a, a review of the launch, how successful it was, um, and we score it. And then if the score is above a certain mark, then we'll actually give you a, a, a score um, for voting in the direction of the launch. So if the launch was a fail and you voted no, you would get rewarded in your ad low rating. And if it was a success uh, and you voted yes, then you will get a, a, a score. Um, so that's another one. The other, the, the next thing that we also uh, wanted to do on the fourth metric was a lot of the time in a launch pad, you have UST just sitting there waiting to be deployed on, on whatever launch that you want to use, but it doesn't do much, right? And then Terra in particular, UST sitting around doing nothing is not a great uh, kind of idea given that, you know, people could use that in Anchor. So what we've, what we are going to bring in quite shortly is um, when you deposit your UST in Atlo, you can earn an anchor interest. And we also want to build a community war chest that the community can use for actually benefits in the future, which I'll try and hopefully get to in a minute. Um, but if you if you put some of your interest that you earn from your anchor into this community war chest, you will earn money. Um, and then the fifth thing, or earn Atlo rating. Then on the fifth score, what you would want to do is um, it's, it's called investor quality. And investor quality is to try and encourage positive behaviors, not just with the Atlo token, but also with any other tokens in the Terra ecosystem. We're going to start with some core ones in the beginning where we'll, we'll, we'll reward you for positive behaviors on, let's say, staking Luna or staking Anchor um, or, or something along those lines. But really, it's designed to try and encourage people or reward people who've been positive supporters of the Terra ecosystem for a long time or for, you know, going forwards as well. Um, and they will be rewarded for that. So it's kind of like a mix of a number of different things where we're trying to minimize the amount of gamification people will take on each of those metrics and actually try and give a more holistic and uh, positive score to those that really are contributing to the ecosystem. Yeah, it sounds a lot like uh, Flipside Crypto came out with a like a dashboard or a, some sort of measurement tool. I think it was yeah. a couple months ago. Um, 
that kind of measured like a, I think they called it like a lunatic score or something like that. Yeah. Are you guys, uh -huh. are you guys doing this independently or are you collaborating with them or, or uh, like another source to sort of scour the, the metrics there? So yeah. far it's, it's all been Bart's brainchild, but Flipside actually <laughs> did mention uh, on Twitter a couple of days ago that they were looking at something like this and someone else saw it and commented and mentioned us. And, and we said that as soon as we've kind of, got past our TGE, we're very keen to chat to them and, and, and see if we can do stuff with it because yeah, it's, it's a cool concept and it's, it's, uh, got legs, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're huge, uh, flip side advocates around here. So, um, big <laughs> shout out to them. Um, so the token itself, uh, before we change topics too radically here, um, mm. you, you mentioned that it was governance, um, it, but is there a is there some sort of like allocation that goes to Atlo holders as well from the um, from the tokens like when they launch from the uh, rather when the projects launch? Yeah. So so the 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 allocations are decided by your Atlo rating, and okay. instead of like a tier system, we're using a ranking system, so it'll be quite dynamic, and uh, those allocations then reflect uh, where you're ranked based on your Atlo rating. So um, the yeah, the, the, the allocations you get are going to be dependent on, on your Atlo rating. And is there a way that when Eli does his 51% uh, governance attack on you guys, he could change that Atlo, the, the metrics you use for the Atlo rating uh, well, through governance? And, and the question I'm seriously <laughs> asking is, are those metrics changed through governance? <laughs> the yeah, parameters so. of them can be changed, uh, but okay. the actual metrics themselves can't. So, so, there's, so there's like tolerance and, and levels within those metrics that we track, but um, the metrics won't go away. Just the yeah. percentages you could possibly change on a few of the calculations. Yeah. So gotcha. there's actually quite a quite intense conversation in our, in our Telegram group right now about how those should be weighted. And we intentionally weighted them flat to start with because we want these sorts of conversations to happen. We've got guys who are saying, you know, like making really strong arguments why uh, staking should be more heavily weighted than the others and other guys making very good points about why it shouldn't. So all of that's now going to play out and uh, in, in, you know, through governance, through our community, once everything's settled. Yeah, it'll be interesting, um, you know, if say you've got a certain parameter that holds more weight than others and that parameter is, um, I don't know, like, the amount of time that you've been staked uh, and whenever that comes to governance and a, and a bunch of people are like, maybe we should lower that parameter. You're going to have a lot of people <laughs> who are staked for a while that are going to be arguing against that. Right? So yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Interesting exactly. Uh, uh, game mechanics there. Uh, yeah, so. exactly. I mean, I think, I think this is like just personally watching governance play out where you don't control it, but you, you know, you built the thing. It's, it's, it's quite like a trust, process you know to say like look we're, we're we're putting the control in your hands <laughs> be smart with it i don't know like you know let's see how that goes but you know we've not seen malicious behavior in the vast majority of the governance protocols that are out there um so we're trusting that people will vote in the best interests of token um and and you know we've got evidence that that does happen very cool very cool very nice very sweet um <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to say? Eli? I do. I do. Very cool. I'm very interested, uh, Bart or Dozen. Uh, what is something? What is one aspect of your project that you enjoy working on the most? Like, what's something that you find the most interesting? 
Wow, that's a great question. That is a great question. Um, can I go? Yeah, I mean, no, no, I can, yeah. Thanks, Pete. Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't mind going first. Uh, I think the what's really interesting so far has been like we, you know we've we've obviously had a lot of conversations with um, with protocol teams who have got in touch and and want to understand what we're trying to do and um, and how they can they can possibly launch. Um, it's really cool hearing straight from the teams at, at the different stages in what they're doing and, and what they're trying to accomplish and and why you know like you kind of get face to face with these guys that are behind the twitter accounts and behind the the telegram chats and and, and the light papers and, and get to talk to them and, and understand what it is that, that's driving them and that's that's really cool and and some of them are these you know like like older guys who are really experienced and others are, are just starting out and and super passionate and it's just it's it's cool meeting these these teams that are that are building these things and and what they might end up actually producing you know it's exciting yeah yeah i agree i think i think for me like seeing the other side of these teams is just so interesting like the the um the talents and experience that's out there that are so into crypto is amazing uh, and i think uh, you know if we look at where developers were 10 years ago to where they are today in terms of the opportunity to you know work on exciting projects make good money uh you know really get exposure to things that you just never could before it's really exciting so that's the the, the one thing i think for me the other thing that's been really fun is getting that at low rating, um, there is so much going on with the blockchain and technically and tracking all of the transactions that are happening that make up that at low rating. It's been so good to learn Terra basically down to its nth degree in terms of like how it, it is all comes together and how we can analyze it all and then building the data science on top of it to make that all come together has been really fun. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's cool. It's definitely something that's on the frontier of the whole space. Um, and you know we've seen a couple different projects try and figure out those metrics or or how to reward token holders and how to retain token holders. Yeah. Um, mm. um, there, there's a there's a few characters out there in the Twitter sphere right now that are uh, you know not happy with the airdrop allocations of some newly launched protocols and there's discussions <laughs> about that. Um, so we saw on your website that uh, the first launch that you guys did was the Atlo token and that has been closed. Um, and then you've got another one that you said you're going to announce in February 2022. And what month is it? February 2022. Oh, oh my goodness. So if you're going to drop Alpha, you might as well do it on terabytes. And uh, if you don't, we're going to cancel this interview right now. So tell us. what is the project? Oh, pressure. Okay. Well, um, we've, we've got, uh, we've got three guys, uh, three teams who've already announced their entire, their intent to, uh, to submit proposals. Um, the first one was actually, uh first two were actually before our sale and that was uh, minerva and fan fury very um, nice which uh yeah which we're pretty excited about um the third one was announced i think it was yesterday or the, yeah it was yesterday and that was a uh, spar um which is going to be uh a a, a on an off ramp for the netherlands for um for savings and anchor which is oh, okay. This is the spar that has two R's in it, right? Isn't there? That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, two A's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, you got to kind of like it's. Uh, I think it's the Dutch word for saving. 
Um, but yeah, it's not 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 spa protocol, but spa protocol. Yeah, it's spa, spa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Those are those are um, um, three like you know. I mean, th those are yeah. pretty awesome projects, as far as I'm concerned. That's yeah. that's great. I'm excited about that. Um, so that's yeah. yeah we're and really, then, we're and really looking forward to it. And then we have a we do have a a, a, a few others that are like this close to being ready to announce. But it, 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 it's kind of like what what we're trying to do is we're not the one like we're not kind of doing this big show and dance where we're like these are the guys that are coming we we want the the protocols to announce first you know because it's again it's like we're helping them get their 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 proposals in, in place but it's got to come from them that's what we're trying to do like the proposal comes from the protocol and they get to say like you know hey everyone we're we're, we're going to submit to to the the atlo launchpad and the atlonauts are going to decide whether they want to launch us or not like we want to be out of that driving seat, you know. We want to, like Bart right. said, we want to we want to build the monster and then bring it to life and and see what happens. So That's... so the way we're kind of announcing stuff is reflecting that as well. We we want the protocol to go first. That's awesome, and we we love respecting privacy. But hypothetically, what would be the fourth protocol to launch? So our fourth protocol uh, who announced on um, on Wednesday is uh, MintDAO, which is a um, NFT platform, which we're pretty uh, pretty excited to to see their proposal uh, come out. And um, yeah, they're going to be um, putting something forward as well. So uh, our, our, our Atlo token uh, TGE is middle of February, and we're going to have four protocols up within the next, let's say, 30 days, you know, give, give or take uh, a bit of overlap between them. So, so it's, we're hitting the ground running. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you guys got some pressure on your shoulders to get that TGE going so that uh, <laughs> these other projects can get out. Um, yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to add to that uh, from our end. Um, but curious, uh, like as far as when a project submits a proposal, is what does that look like? Is there a window of time? Can they go back and reiterate on that proposal if the community makes suggestions? Is there a forum? Is it similar to like what we see uh, with uh, the Terra governance? So, so uh, it actually does. We have a we have a, uh, um, a system that's going to go into play that relies quite heavily on the Terra Terra governance structure, and it's um, a validator role. So, what we're going to do is so right now we go we sit with the guys and we go through their proposals, and we've got VCs who we turn to for advice, and you know they weigh in as well, and we try and work with the guys to get their proposal as as thorough as possible right like um that that's pretty pretty straightforward then when the proposal goes up we're going to have a system in place where there's validators whose job it is to basically be a representative for the uh for the community and they're going to go through the proposals and actually uh give their give their recommendation on whether it should be allowed to go to proposal stage or not and then they have to also provide an evaluation and where those validators are going to get their source of authority is actually going to be from the community itself. So the community will then be able to delegate Atlo to their validators of choice. And, um, and they'll actually, there's a, there's a payment structure in place as well so that they'll get revenue from fulfilling that role that they'll share with the, the, the delegators that have ceded them that power, right? Um, if someone as a validator is doing a crappy job, you know, like maybe they're 
missing important stuff. Maybe they're uh, trying to push through bad projects. Maybe they're turning away a project that actually turns out to be really great. Um, they'll, their delegators will lose faith in them and, and revoke their delegations. Um, on the flip side, those validators also have a role to try and groom and support the project teams, right? So you're going to have, we're going to have guys who come up who, uh, whose proposals aren't polished or their tokenomics are a bit crappy or, or they, they maybe aren't communicating in a very well, uh, well-structured way. So our, our validators then have a, a, like a kind of a responsibility to say, look, you've got a great project on your hands, but you're just not ready to go to proposal. You need to yeah. fix up this and, and fix up that. And, and, and maybe, you know, like this has to get thrown out or redone completely, whatever. They, they kind of act as a first line of defense, but they also act as a source of knowledge and, and experience for these teams that are trying to put something great out. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that we saw a lot was um, a lot of people want to launch, but they just aren't, they just haven't got the right advice or they haven't focused on certain things. And I think given what the way the governance works, like you said, um, it's really important that they get as much of that right before they go to the community, right? And that's, and that's, you know, trying to give people that kind of support or projects, that kind of support is really important. We, we thought it was really important for us. Um, and I think every project would benefit from getting some sound advice on, you know, the most critical aspects about launching. Excellent. Well, guys, I think this has been awesome. Uh, if there's anything we haven't covered, please speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, where, where can I get some jam? There's actually some supply chain issues right now. Apparently there's like a shipping container full of this stuff somewhere off the coast that's just like waiting uh, to <laughs> unload. And then once that's done, uh, we'll start to actually promote where you can actually buy it. So right okay. now, so like we have the only Jung hot sauce, this behind my head right here. We have like the only <laughs> reserve of Jung in like the whole United States, but- uh, Con Congratulations on cornering the Jung market. We have cornered yeah. the Jung market and uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna start and selling then, these at like a hundred a pop probably. So. <laughs> and you're defending them with those guns on the wall there as well. <laughs> exactly, <Absolutely>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, gentlemen, we, we appreciate it. Um, I'm gonna have Eli take us out because uh, this is of course, the Terra Crumbs crossover episode. Oh man! Well, I usually end our, our outro with uh, "I love you," but I feel like we should probably switch that up. Yeah, we probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna go for it. Hey, thanks for watching Terabytes. Atlo, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dozen, Bart. Please uh, follow us, like, subscribe, and we love you. Damn it! Oh. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yes, straight to the heart. That's good. All right, thanks. Thanks guys. so much for having yeah. us.